Hi everyone, my name is Amber. I'm Jasma, and welcome to our first ever episode of the Off the Charts podcast. Woo-hoo. We are going to be your co-hosts for this podcast in the future, so you're going to be mm-hmm. hearing a lot from us. A lot of our voices, so get used to it right now. Here's your chance. <laughs> uh, right, so this is the Off the Charts podcast. We wanted to start by explaining a little bit of why we started this podcast, what we want it to be, because we have big ambitions for what mm-hmm. it can hopefully do and the type of change that it can hopefully create. Yeah, so this is a project that's been kickstarted under the organization Change Alongside Art. So they are based in Canada, um, but they are an international organization. And essentially they're youth-led and they kind of work towards bringing light to social justice issues through the arts. So it's an amazing organization. They've done amazing things. And this project was kind of a continuation about that Um, Mm -hmm. and, and focusing on we want to hear from the people who are actually doing this stuff. We want to hear mm-hmm. from the people who are industry professionals, who are experienced creatives, who have gone through the years and years of having to struggle as an artist. Um, and we want to hear how they're not only able to su- succeed in their art form, but how they're making changes for the better. And the hope is that by listening to their experiences, we want to create some sort of social change by developing a better understanding of the arts. Because I think there are lots of different misunderstandings of what this career is supposed to be within Mm -hmm. society. It has progressively gotten a lot better, but we want to make it even easier and even more accepting and welcoming for people who want to pursue a more creative job and more creative future. Um, And we hope that this helps. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's it's hard to be a youth creative um, and want to get into these kinds of art forms. And so hopefully we, you're right, we can shed light on that. We can open up a conversation about how it's not all negative and how you should not be discouraged just because it's going to be hard. Because that is the case with a lot of um, career fields. You know, we can definitely say art more so, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's still a welcoming, amazing field of work to work with. So, um, you know, with that being said, we do want to preface um, a little bit, actually, we should talk about ourselves and kind of how we tie mm-hmm. into the whole art thing. So, Jasmine, do you want to go first? Right. So, both of us are actually some sort of artist we would like to say and we're both trying to pursue something more or less in the creative field um Mm -hmm. so personally my type of art is a little bit all over the place i guess um i was doing more traditional forms of like visual studio arts i started when i was super super young when i was like two years old maybe so i've been drawing for a really long time i've tried it all i have done traditional drawing sketching painting um but more recently i was able to kind of move more into the digital field um so right now i guess the umbrella term for me is i'm a youtuber i make and i just want to before she goes on she she kind of says like oh my youtuber she's been doing this for years and her videos are incredibly professional she puts so much effort into this so no don't take anything away from your work you're a youtuber (laughs) you're a youtuber yeah i have been doing this for far it's been almost five years i started when i was really young so i didn't really know what i was doing but 
that's one of the things we want to talk about soon, about how there were different things we had to overcome to know that we can take this seriously. Um, mm -hmm. But just to wrap it up, YouTube, like making cooking videos is kind of what I focus on now. So the culinary arts, I also really love photography, filmmaking, like video editing. YouTube is kind of, again, a really umbrella term. So there's just a lot of different types of initiatives that I am a part of and I'm trying to get better at. But yeah, mm -hmm. that's just overall my background. Amber does something very, very different. So do you want to talk about yeah. that? Um, so I am actually an aspiring actor. Um, and I will say incredibly uh, committed film buff. I am obsessed with films as Jasmine and pretty much anyone else who's ever met me knows. Um, a little bit about me and my art form. I, I knew that I wanted to be um, an actor. I think I probably was maybe five or six years old as that's how people remember me telling them. Um, but of course, when I was younger, as I grew up, I learned that there was a lot of criticism and judgment around that kind of career field. And being from someone who comes from an Indian family, I will say, um, as you've probably heard the, the phrase, actor is pronounced doctor in my family. Um, so I had to basically conceal what I really wanted to do. I would like throw out random career fields to kind of appease everyone. Um, but it was always in the back of my mind. I, I just, there's something about it. I just, I felt that as cheesy it sound, as it sounds, in everything that I felt like I did wrong in life, which trust me, I thought there was a lot, um, <laughs> acting and film and drama and performing was just one thing I felt I did right. And one thing I felt I could make a change in. That's how I made a difference in this world. So when I was in grade 10, around a year ago, I finally told my parents i started training took a bunch of different classes around the world and met some amazing people um i and actually worked over the summer to getting signed to an agency so i got um headshots done i made my own demo She's reel with my friends uh, <laughs> i try um and i would say yeah around maybe two months ago i got signed to an agency so i mean this past year has been amazing for the start of my career um and I just, I mean, I hope to continue from there. I, I, I definitely hope to continue post-secondary. I'm looking into some very uh, ambitious, mm -hmm. ambitious programs. So oh, we'll yeah. see what happens. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that that is something I've been so committed to my entire life. And I, and I, I truly do hope that I'm able to um, continue that in, mm -hmm. in my career. Yes. Mm -hmm. We both yeah. come from very different backgrounds. Um, and our experiences in pursuing this type of more creative field are a little bit different, but that's kind of what we're trying to tackle here for people mm -hmm. who want to maybe go into something creative, that type of struggle. We hope by uh, in the future interviewing people who have already gone through all of that and seeing the behind the scenes and the work that it truly takes to become a great artist, people right, will kind yeah. of deviate from like the charted path of what artists mm -hmm. are supposed to be that's why we're called off the charts <laughs> there's a deeper <laughs> there's a deeper layer of meaning to that as well but we'll talk about it sometime in the future um but right. yeah so our overall purpose is to hopefully allow people to feel more accepting of artists and see them as something that's a little more respectable so that the type of struggles that you and i had to go through when it comes to mm -hmm. Um, saying that we want to take this seriously, it's going to be a little bit easier for them in the future. Right. So, and, yeah. and that's also, you know, not to say to paint over, I guess, the struggle too, because 
there is definitely mm-hmm. there's hardships especially yeah. with these kinds of art forms just because of the nature of the career but i mean it's about perseverance as you're going to say to the people um that we have lined up to have as guests amazing people some incredible achievements by these people and their art forms um a testament to how much change you really can make so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean this we're hoping really to make some good out of this podcast and hopefully yeah, it's entertaining and educational in some way for you. Yeah, hopefully we're not well. boring. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be. Yeah, we don't want to be like kind of coming on too strong, making ah, uh, you know, you gotta respect these people. Like <laughs> truly, we want to kind of just show you more of what it actually is because I think mm-hmm. there is a prejudice of what artists are and the path that it actually takes. So you know, we're just trying to show you a little more so you can <laughs> decide for right. yourself. So now that you've heard just a little bit about who we are, I guess, Amber, you talked about how it was difficult for you to say you wanted to take acting as something serious. So mm-hmm. why don't we just start there? Because I think that's a really stereotypical thing that most, especially from like an Asian family, yeah. they have to deal with being like, instead of going to more stereotypically stable jobs, you mm-hmm. are less encouraged to go into these creative fields. So what were some of the main things you were afraid of when you wanted to take this seriously? And how were you able to kind of get through that in your mind Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I'm willing to deal with all of these things? How did you overcome them to get to where you are now? Yeah, so no, I think anyone, especially if you are from um, a an Asian family, a a minority family, you know the struggle of of dealing with saying hey mom i want to be an actor or i want to be an artist that's that's not something you come by very often um you know i'm also all about being you know personal on this podcast i want to share as much as i can about my life so i will um i guess i'll start a little bit about myself and my family so my parents were actually um they were born here my dad was born in england but he was raised here so they both are quite um quote-unquote modern they're with like the canadian we're, lifestyle i guess you can say yeah we're both from um, canada by the way in case yes, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, we should, yeah. <laughs> that? hi guys yeah, we're, we're from canada we're, um, we're from canada <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going. yeah so um they were never you know they were i've they have discipline right that's kind of in, in the culture but it's it was never to the extent of like strict immigrant parents that some of my other extended family had to deal with um, so I was very lucky in that respect. They've always been really supportive. Um, but actually, I'm a twin, so I have a twin brother. And he cool. is always just naturally excelled at basically everything. He was... Um, I'm, I do, do you know what Kumon is? I don't know if my... Um, I do, actually, I do. It is, yeah, so Kumon is, yeah. is, is um, pain for a lot of people <laughs> who went through it. Yeah, um, it's yeah. a... It's, how do you describe it? It's like a tutoring service, kind of, um, where you can go ahead on subjects Um in a different curriculum and it's it's all across North America I'm pretty sure and so my brother when he was younger was like number one in in North America for reading he finished the reading program when he was like eight or nine he was their top favorite he excelled in STEM basically he was an overachiever (laughs) yeah and you know he didn't even have to try it was just it was natural he was naturally Mm -hmm. gifted I mean he was young he would be talking about politics he'd be forming these opinions on the on the and doing all these things that were amazing and so in comparison to him, I always felt like just because maybe I was smart in terms of regular people, but in comparison to him, I was dumb. 
that's how I felt basically my entire childhood. And so that really caused shift in how I viewed my aspiring career field because I, it was almost like if I really went for it, if I really decided to be open and say I wanted to get into acting, that was basically putting the nail in the coffin. Like you thought she couldn't, she was, you know, dumb or she didn't do enough in math and science. That is going to be her send off. That is really going to, you know, and I always got those um, indirect judgments from my extended family mm -hmm. as well. Um, and that's not, to, I mean, I love them. It's not their fault. It's not my fault. It's no one's to blame, but it, it just, it did happen. So um, I think the way that I was able to deal with it is really through talking to the people that um, were supporting me. So first off, finding people that um, are not going to, you know, give you the crap that you hear every single day uh, and really listen to you. And second off, you know, making a commitment to myself and, and saying, if I was on the streets, let's say, like if I was, if I was out of a job, I had no money, my career plan had failed, but I was still acting. I was still in the film industry. I was still hustling and doing something on the side. Would I be happy with myself? And every time the answer was yes. Every time. And I think if you really want to commit yourself to something that much, you cannot let it go. You can't just go the easy route. I think that you really, if you are in the same position as myself and you ask that to yourself and your answer is yes as well, then go for it because that means there's something there. So I, I, I committed to myself and I made the promise that I was going to be open and I, and I told my family and I didn't tell everyone at first. I was actually like really scared to tell them, especially my grandparents, I remember, um, but eventually they were all supportive. I just had to show them that I was willing to put in the hard work and do all that stuff myself. Um, and, and, you know, find the classes, network, get, understand how this industry works. And, you know, I'm at a point now where not everyone agrees, not everyone knows actually, um, in my extended, extended family, but <laughs> I'm, I'm satisfied with myself. I don't, I don't feel like I have to hide anymore. I feel proud of what I've done. And that is something I think is just such a valuable point to be at in my yeah. art form. Yeah, yeah. good so, for you on that. Out of like, that I'm so glad. I'm so glad it worked out for you. Like, I think, especially for people our age, we're both in grade 11. So we're mm -hmm. both soon going to have to choose what we want to basically do for the next right. at least four years of our lives. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people who may be at our point in having to choose is also quite difficult. So I think hearing that is probably going to at least offer some sort of perspective on what yeah. you want to do. But yeah, yeah, I think a part of what you talked about was the the kind of comparison between STEM and art. And I think mm -hmm. this is something that I've always thought about because personally, I don't love like the maths either. But for some reason, if I am a person who am more who is more more or less artistic and I'm not great at the STEM field, society views us as people who are more or less unintelligent or people who are right. not willing to put in that type of work. However, mm -hmm. when you see someone in the STEM field not being able to do anything artistic, there's not as much that type of judgment there, right? So right. there's like some sort of just more value on the STEM field. So why do you think it is just like, I mean, obviously no one has an answer to this, but you know, right. like, just from your own opinion and your own observations, why do you think mm -hmm. 
at some point in history, artists were deemed less respectable than certain professions that are more or less in the STEM field, um, such as like, I don't know, a doctor or like an engineer and things such as that. Well, you know, obviously, I just want to, you know, preface this with everyone's opinion is right. And so if you don't have the same opinion as me or Jasmine or or us, that's completely (laughs) fine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in my view, look, we're, we're live in a STEM based society. It's a STEM ruled society. Everything, you know, functions off innovation in science, in in the maths and technology. And, you know, frankly, I'm not going to disagree and say that they aren't important they fuel us right Mm -hmm. but i i don't think that's all to say that the arts and the humanities should be any less respected i think that's what it's about Mm -hmm. you know you can you can i'm not going to sit here and say that a doctor um who is saving children's lives every day and and a visual artist you, you know what you can say that the doctor is doing more but that's not to say any they're any less respected than mm-hmm. that visual artist because that visual artist is making a change of their own in their mm-hmm. own way in a different way that maybe society doesn't you're right doesn't deem as academically um proficient um and you know speaking from personal experience i grew up in a very um a home that had very much stem values i was in like gifted programs when i was younger i went into pre-ap programs i was around people who were um, aspiring to be lawyers and engineers and doctors when they were in like grade four or five. So I was constantly around that. And actually that didn't always help me because it, 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 it made me feel like it was just easier to go into that because I, I was given the tools in those programs. If I wanted to go into uh, medicine or law, I could work to get there. But I always was drawn back to that creative side. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just about what we're doing in this podcast, which is acknowledging that you can make an impact in whatever field that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You can make a change. You should not be any less respected. You should not be any less adored because of what you do. And that is your onus. That is, that is how you see the world and that is how you feel you can leave your mark. And we know so many people who are in the arts fields who have shaped generations after them they weren't mathematicians they weren't doctors they were actors they were singers you know the the feeling that you can that i think that's what's so important also like the emotional connection that you make with the arts yeah yeah there's a story there yeah i think that's the difference between a more creative field and a more practical field and i think that's one of the reasons why it's harder to understand why going into and like for example being a visual artist or a musician or whatever you want to be it's harder to understand and compare those types of two professions Mm -hmm. because obviously curing cancer is like a huge impact right and just seeing like the possibility of that people view as a much more important thing Mm-hmm. Um, I think just the STEM field altogether, the types of changes and the things that those people are working towards, based off of just utility, it's viewed as much more practical and it's yeah. viewed as much more tangible. So people are able to kind of measure the importance of those types of things. Um, and that's something that I think I had like a little inner turmoil on that as well, because in the past, I wanted to become a lawyer. Like, I'm not against that at all. I think personally, there is something interesting in that field as well. 
But Mm -hmm. when I was in my mind deciding if I wanted to take what I'm doing now on YouTube with the arts and film and everything more seriously, I think it was unfair to myself to have to compare the type of work that I would be doing as a lawyer and the Mm -hmm. type of work that I would be doing making videos on the internet. Right? Like when you place it face value just as that, yeah, a lawyer probably would be able to make a much more significant type of change just based off of in in that industry. Um, But I think something that is important to think about is like, what type of world would we live in without anything artistic or anything Mm -hmm. creative, right? Like a lot of people say art isn't very important or it's fine if it's not there. But I like, I like to think about, you know, what happens if there's like music, if it doesn't exist, like what type of like what type of impact would that make on your life what would it be like to not have those types of entertainment like such as really greatly shot movies or Mm -hmm. really amazing types of uh, pieces like that Mm -hmm. because I think it is true that art is a much more abstract thing the types of change that music can impact a person is different from curing cancer but on an emotional level I think there's something really valuable there as well. And I think that's something we can shine more of a light on when we talk with other types of people who have made a change as well. And also with the type of work you and I hope to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I've been I've been talking a lot, which has been amazing, clearly. Um, (laughs) But I want to turn the tables. So um, you were talking a little bit in the beginning about how you kind of you delve into a multitude of art forms, right? You're into filmmaking and editing and things like that. So in the process of YouTube, so first of all, kind of explain how maybe you were drawn to YouTube of all mm. platforms or all um, ways of, of achieving what you wanted to do in your art forms. Um, and talk about that balance between, you know, like the editing, the filming, because mm. it's a lot, I can imagine. How do you, is there anything that's more important than the other? Do you like anything more than the other? Talk a little bit about that. Well, getting into YouTube was kind of unexpected. Like I didn't necessarily plan for it because obviously when I start, so I started when I was like 11. So back then YouTube is not as big as it is now and it's not as common for people to kind of take it as a career. So I never intended it for it to be that. Um, But personally, I've always liked cooking and I watched a lot of YouTube videos as a kid because like I never took school for cooking or anything like that. Right. Like, I just learned off of people who made videos on the internet. So that was something pretty interesting to me, being able to do that. And then subconsciously, I would always narrate what I was doing when I cooked in the kitchen. I, I didn't that realize too, can that. I be honest? Yeah, exactly. I do like, that all the time. I didn't realize I was doing that, but then I was like, well, what I'm narrating seems pretty useful. (laughs) So might as well just put it out in the world. And I mean, I have to say, I'm very fortunate that I have like um, a very supportive family in the sense that my mom was somewhat proficient in in terms like film. So we had like the camera equipment. We like, I've been taking photos for a very long time and just recording random things in our life. Like I'm sure every parent does that, right? To document something so we we were quite big on that already so Mm -hmm. the I think the most appealing thing to me for YouTube is like the barrier of entry is very very low like anyone can make something and put it on the internet and then you're going Mm -hmm. to eventually attract some sort of audience um and I think that was probably the most interesting thing to me 
like, like I didn't have to play by anyone else's rules. I could make whatever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to, right. however I wanted to. Um, yeah, so that's why I think YouTube is pretty cool, especially I think one of the reasons why art is viewed as more of a risky career to go into is that number one, it's fully determined by your audience. Mm-hmm. And for me, right. I was like, if I wanted to reach an audience through any other form of art, I needed to go through someone else. Like, if you want to make movies, you would have to get a movie made by someone else, and then it has to be presented through, like, a, I don't know, a theater or through a streaming service. For YouTube, I think, for me, reaching that audience just seemed more attainable, and that was one of the things that made me like it so much. So then to like quickly answer the second part of that question about kind of like the balance to doing everything. um, I think this is one of the stereotypes of like a YouTuber and one of the things people don't necessarily understand about this type of work is that it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot (laughs) of work. Um, Because the way I like to say, explain it is like, if you think about a film production, uh, advertisement, any sort of video production professionally in the industry outside of YouTube, think about how many people you would have to hire to do something like mm-hmm. that. Think about like you need a director, someone to work all the camera equipment, film, edit, and then the person making the ad, the talent, whatever. Think about right. all those things condense it into one person and that's kind of what a youtuber is like like obviously our types of production isn't as big as like making a movie but right we have to manage a lot of things around ourselves um i mm-hmm. mean like yeah a lot of bigger youtubers they hire they they kind of outsource that type of work they would get an editor they would have management doing the business side of things for them they would maybe mm-hmm. even hire cameramen so like yeah they uh, it's something that you can divide up, but I mean, I I'm not at that point yet where I can afford to do that. So well, wait, um, when you have your big um your uh, what's it called, your set on YouTube, it's like Jasmine's oh. Fusion Cuisine, and there's <laughs> lights, and you're you're like Anna Olsen in the kitchen. I'm gonna wait for that day. <laughs> one day, one day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is quite a lot. I think for me, the balance. I'll be honest, I I suck at time management. I'm just not great at it. Really Being able to balance these types of things like I'm not good at it I I still get things done Mm. but it's like really taxing but for me I think the way I manage that is more of just I think it's worth it so it's like even if I have to sometimes edit to 2 a.m I'm willing to do that because I really like being able to control all of it um like I personally don't think I would be able to kind of outsource any of that work i don't think i'm able to tell someone else to write a video for me i film Mm. it and then give it to someone else to edit um like that type of creative control and the result that i end up having that i'm happy with is just it's worth it for me um so yeah (laughs) that's a long answer (laughs) that's amazing yeah (laughs) that's and i think you know what we we do kind of dismiss youtube and social media i'm gonna say Mm -hmm. in general Mm-hmm. But as you're going to learn with, um, you know, some of the guests that come on the show, there is a lot of art artistry that goes into social media for, yeah. not to say all people, but most people who are really yeah. like, committed to their platform and in their content and, and making something that means something to someone. And clearly, I mean, again, do a little plug, Jasmine. You got to do a little plug here. <laughs> Give them the chance. 
It's, it's Jasmine Fusion Cuisine. And I actually, I want to talk about the name because I've never really explained that yes. publicly. I've never heard the story of this as well, so I oh. want to hear this. So, <laughs> Fusion Cuisine means a mix of different types of cuisines. Mm-hmm. So, personally, coming from a Chinese background, I lived in China when I was younger for quite a oh. while. So, I basically grew up there, but then before reaching like full on being an adult, I came to Canada. And mm. so cultural wise, it was really confusing. <laughs> right. Like, think about the foods that you eat in China and then the foods that you eat in the Western world. It's very, very right. different. Mm-hmm. Um, so the type of food that I was cooking myself was also really confusing because it wasn't traditional. Sometimes I would have like rice for breakfast. And in Canada, you don't really do that as often mm-hmm. compared to China, whereas that's a really normal thing. And the different types of like desserts that I would make, um, certain foods that are super popular in China, you wouldn't even see in Canada. So mm-hmm. the type of foods that I was exposed to was not traditional in any sense. And there was not a specific thing I could call it. Um, so like there are channels out there who focus on a specific niche of Mm -hmm. like either they bake or they make Chinese food or they make, I don't know, Mexican food, vegan food, like things like that. They focus on something, but I didn't know what to focus on because I didn't know what it was. You know, it was normal to have the Western foods and the Chinese foods, like a little bit of everything. But Mm -hmm. on the internet, it was, there's nothing you can call it. So I called it Jasmine Fusion Cuisine <laughs> because it was like, That's amazing. it's like the foods that I understand right. somehow meshed together and then turned into something else. <laughs> um, but you know what? That's, it's great because it is, you write the kind of more like the umbrella, like you have room to play. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And, and, and do I what think- you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's so great about art because it's so, f- like, there's so much you can do. There's literally mm-hmm. no restrictions. And I think that's one of the reasons why when people say there isn't a social impact art can make, it's not true. Because right. I think through art, you can integrate that type of culture into your audience. And it's a super palatable way for people to take mm-hmm. in that type of information. Palatable. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, unintended. But yeah, like I think a lot of what social activism is viewed, at, viewed as is like legislative change. And if you can't change the law, you're not doing anything. But I don't think mm-hmm. that's true. And I think other than that type of activism art, social media, all of that type of content is how you create change socially and in people's minds in a way that they Mm -hmm. don't even realize it, right? Mm -hmm. Like they slowly kind of accept, for example, the Chinese culture when I'm teaching you how to make a food. (laughs) Um, That it's like you're you're kind of just unconsciously digesting that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, (laughs) that's a lot from me. (laughs) No, I love it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think that's like interesting. Check it out if you want to learn how to cook. Jasmine, plug, 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 plug. <laughs> I think we've gotten pretty uh, comfortable. I think hopefully you guys know a little bit more about us in terms of just our stories and how we um, are so connected to art and the arts and really just want to advocate and, and spread awareness about how impactful they can be. Mm-hmm. So why don't we um, move on to our speed round? I Should have some questions for you before we do that. 
Oh my gosh. I okay. actually I'll have to wait. Because <laughs> I want to know, since I don't know much about anything in the acting movie field, because right, I did yes. want to... I did want to make movies when I was younger, but then Mm -hmm. it it was like I turned to YouTube because like I talked about, it was just easier and more attainable for me to do. But I was Mm -hmm. wondering, because you only started about last year. It hasn't been long for you, but you plan on taking it seriously now. So for, I don't know, certain people who may be in your position, I think getting started in acting is something people don't necessarily teach you. There's no class Mm -hmm. for it people you hear from are those who make it so I think it might be interesting to hear about your experience about trying to get started because then it Mm -hmm. might make it more possible for other people who want to give it a shot as well to understand Mm -hmm. what type of stuff they got to prepare for and what they're getting themselves into so what was it like to get started with the auditioning process for example networking what were some things that were really difficult that you had to learn to do yourself or understand before Mm -hmm doing it right yeah no thank you for interrupting me actually I love this question (laughs) I I'm glad to talk about this topic any day um well yeah like I said in the beginning I I knew I wanted to do it for a very long time but I mean for what 10 years I basically or actually 11 years I kind of just kept it to myself um and said you know one day it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and then I got to grade 10 and I was like well I I always dreamt of getting a university degree in drama I was like I'm just going to do it I want to go to a program and I want to do it right um and I was in grade 10 I was like two years away from applying to university and I had nothing I had no resume I had never taken a drama class outside of school um I had knew no one and you did not not even know how to get started so did you did you have a plan of what else you would have gone into if you didn't choose drama like, did you have another field that you could have gone into? So I knew from the get-go it had to be something with the film industry. Mm-hmm. I was always interested in production as well. I would, mm-hmm. would my ultimate goal, if I ever, let's hope, if <laughs> something happens, is to start my own production company. Um, I would absolutely love to do that. But I think it always had to be centered around the film industry. I actually had to, I obviously, you know, being a high schooler, wanting to get into drama as a post-secondary um for a degree you have to have a backup plan if you don't Mm. if things don't go your way which is a very real um risk it's probable but i think um, that applies to kind of everything right like everything there's a chance of failing i just think you hear more about starving artists and like artists who don't make it and that's what scares you and that's why that's why you're right that's why parents are like you know that's you know fantastic that you can go into that but I want you to also plan for something else plan mm-hmm. for something more stable something that is your safety net mm-hmm. right um so yeah besides that I you know I, I don't even remember how this started I think I think it's actually the first time that my parents found out that I really got into it so I was always into arts awareness arts education um, I joined a council that we are actually both on, an arts council, um, and that was kind of my first step into delving more into the arts outside of school. And I remember actually, this is the funniest story and actually really emotional for me, the day that it happened is the way that my parents found out. I never actually told them straight up. I had a, I was in civics and we were basically, one of the assignments or projects was to lay out our life. So plan out our, our entire life and our career. 
Um, and I was kind of going into civics like, should I fake it? Because I don't want people to know. Or should I actually be real and realistic and try and plan out for what I want to do? And for some reason, I the entire like summer before civics, I'm like, I'm going to fake it, I'm going to fake it. And then right when I got there, I'm like, Screw it. So like, like let the, me the, let me do the it. project to figure out what like yeah the universities you want to go into and the different information. Yeah. Yeah. That's so you the basically project. you map out your entire career. Right. Um right. yeah, so I decided to be real with it. And one of the um parts of the assignment was basically um something along the lines of you're writing an essay about why you really want to do it. So I wrote, I wanted to be, initially I wanted to be a director and an actor. Right now I'm mm -hmm. focusing more on acting and directing and producing. If it happens, it happens. But um, I, I printed it out and for some reason I think I left it in the printer. And oh. my dad apparently went in the office one day and saw it. And that was the first time that he's ever, it's like it's ever been mentioned to him. Like he knew mm -hmm. I was into film and he knew I was into like the whole Hollywood thing and whatever. Um, on a different level than just the superficial, like, I love celebrities. Um, <laughs> but he was, like, shocked. And so one time he was, this is probably a week after it happened, he told me. I was driving with him home. It was actually from a meeting of the Arts Council. And he goes, um, so what are your plans for after high school? And he'd been asking me this for weeks. And I always put it off because I'm like, I don't know what to say. So I'd be like, oh, you know, like maybe media arts or maybe like mm. um, business or something like that. I have no interest in any of this. So. <laughs> um, and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, um, well, do you actually want to be an actor? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> so, Ooh, he knows. <laughs> like, and literally, I remember him saying, like he said it again. He's like, you want to be an actor? And my heart like sank because... I cannot, this is going to sound so dramatic. I'm an actor. I, <laughs> what can I say? Um, no, it, that decision to come to terms with my career, I don't know why, but it was one of the most emotional decisions that I've ever had to make because there was so, like, I, you know, I was very hard on myself. I still am about a lot of other things and that, that caused a lot of things in my life to happen. But that was one, I guess, point of contention that was always just like, oh my God, am I actually going to do this? Am I actually going to commit? Like, this mm -hmm. is so hard. And it was so hard to keep it in. Like, I don't why do you to think, scream it. Why did you think it was, why were you afraid to tell your parents? Like, what do you think they would have done? To uh, just shut it down immediately or right. not be supportive? Like, what I think that was, stopped you? That, yeah, that was probably it. It was, and also, you know, when I first actually got into it and started, um, like, actually, even, they didn't, see me act until I actually got signed to an agency and they saw it because I accidentally sent them my demo reel I didn't mean to um and I was just, I was just so scared that they were first of all gonna say no and that was it like I would have no say in it they would like cut me off or something which in hindsight was so ridiculous it was mm -hmm. me over exaggerating um but also that they would see me and just think I'm not talented like mm. I don't have any talent and they're just like, oh my God, she sucks. Like, who, like, why does she think she can get into this? So, you know, sorry, to finish off the first story before I get to that. Um, <laughs> he told me, I literally, my heart sank. I'm like 10, 10, 11 years of keeping it to myself. He just said it in one moment. And I just started bawling in the car. And he had no idea why. He's like, why are you crying? Like, it's okay. But I'm like, you don't understand how many times I've wanted to tell you mm. how much this has weighed on me. And the fact that he said, he, he, he said it to me straight, and that's what I love about my parents. They, they're, they're fair. 
he said, this is, I'm sure you know how hard this is going to be because you clearly have done research and you know, mm-hmm. but if this is something you really want to do, then I'm going to support you and I'm going to give you the resources and whatever help I can do to make you successful. But I do want you to know that you're going to have to, it's, you know, he, he said it, he's like joining an arts council isn't enough. you got to take mm. classes. You got to yeah. train, like even some of the biggest people in Hollywood, it took years for them to make it. And millions of people don't make it. So what are you going to do to be any different? So that was kind of like my, I remember calling my friend after who knew and I was like freaking out. I'm like, he knows, <laughs> heard, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Um, and I was like, he's right. I'm like, I am made for more than just joining an arts council. Like, I'm going to do this. And I just mm-hmm. did the research. I did the research yeah. about how do I get started. And I, I found people on social media and I'm like, hey, I kind of want to get into this. How do I get started? And they gave me some tips. And so the first thing I would say is you start with your training. That's your base. Don't go into it without training because acting is not as easy as it looks. I've been training for, and this is actually probably a small period of time compared to many but I've been training the past year in many different classes and I'm still not where I want to be it's all about putting in the work learning and analyzing and reflecting and finding what makes your characters stand out so you do your training and then you go through the whole other process of what's called the actor's package so getting headshots building up a resume which means either classes or trying to find student work Um, And then a demo reel, which I did mention, which is basically a compilation of clips of your acting work for casting directors and people to see. Now, obviously, I didn't have anything. Um, I did auditions on my own, like finding through casting websites. And I got some callbacks and things like that, but nothing ever panned out. So I basically met up with my friends and I'm like, I kind of want to submit to an agency. Like, I feel like I'm ready. And we found a bunch of scenes on Google and she was a film major. So she basically had a camera and a light. We rented out this like really weird room in this Russian cultural house because that's oh. where we were rehearsing for something else because COVID times we had to make mm-hmm. do what we had. Um, the people there were amazing, um, but we filmed it and I sent it off to a bunch of agencies and a bunch of them got back to me and I got signed. She got so signed. <laughs> I got signed. I mean, like I can say, and it's actually funny because I literally have to say now, if any anyone asks me, um, do you want to be in this? I think you'd be great for this. I, I, I literally have to buy, as per my contract, run it by my agent, who's been amazing to me, um, and make sure that he's cool with it all. Just because he he's my, basically my manager, right? So he schedules things. And so I'm like, anytime someone says something to me, I'm like, sorry, call my agent. <laughs> sorry, I can't say anything. <laughs> that has definitely been, I think, the highlight of this all. Um, yeah, good um, for but you. Yeah. I think it's really cool to hear how your parents kind of reacted to that. And I think, I mean, like, I have a very different story because my parents have always been supportive of the art stuff that I've done. Like, I've been drawing since I was two. I think the contrast here is, like, you did not do anything acting-related until, like, a year ago. It was just Um, all in my head. It was, like, virtually performing and things. Yeah, like, that (laughs) must be very difficult. But I think... I mean, I don't think any parents are going to be listening to things like this, but I think obviously we want to make it clear that it's not going to be easy and that Mm -hmm. like any job, there is a risk to it, but that doesn't mean you should kind of walk away from something like that. I think going to art, if you know it's something you enjoy doing, just like any other career, any other path, and you know that you know what it takes to get there. 
um, it really helps when parents are upfront to you about those types yeah. of things, right? Because mm-hmm. it kind of shows you that perspective. Because I don't think parents are they don't they're not malicious in a sense that they just don't no. want you to be creative. Obviously, right. all parents want their children to like do what they're going to be happy in and good mm-hmm. at, but they they want you to be stable. They have to be realistic with it, right? And I think exactly. in many scenarios, it's not realistic to go into art and that's definitely something that I think applies to all sorts of Mm -hmm. possible careers to go into but yeah Yeah. we just didn't want to sugarcoat that because it's true that it's hard exactly like yeah and even if I can say one more even one more thing about that before we move on even like talking about the whole I didn't want to show my parents um I doing all that training to get to the agency so networking with people taking classes researching everything I did that all by myself so mm. I did not have any theater moms um, or theater dads basically going out and doing things for me, which a lot of people my age actually did, surprisingly. Um, so that was kind of a little disadvantage to me, but I think that was such a valuable experience because I was able to work for it. And by working for it, my I, I, I said I um, accidentally sent my demo reel um, <laughs> to my parents. They never seen me act before. And I didn't know they watched it. And I came to the hair room one day or something. And my mom's like, I watched your demo reel. And I'm like, oh. what? What? <laughs> like, how do you even have that? Where is that coming from? And she goes, she goes, this is how she starts off. She's like, so I'm going to be honest. I went into it. Um, I'm, initially, I went into it thinking that this was going to be, like, terrible. That it was, like, she literally used the word that I was going to cringe. Oh. <laughs> like, Thank you, Mom. She's like, no. She, and she's like, no, no, I don't even mean. But, like, I just genuinely thought I would go into it and be like, oh, God. Like, oh, she thinks she's something. Um, and then she said, you were incredible. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, you were really good. And then my dad said it because my dad was always, I was like, both of my parents, I think, I really wanted approval from. But, like, if my dad said it was good, like, it was good. And he was like, mm-hmm. it was like, I was blown away. Like, you got talent. And I was like, oh, my God. Validation. <laughs> like, this is amazing. You got it. it was, <laughs> and even, like, the stupid, like, I'm so happy it happened because that pushed me. Because, you know, like, we're talking about it. Like, parents, they want you to be realistic. And yeah. so not a lot of the time they can really open up to it. And I will actually even say with my, my mom, um, we do have some hardships with that. Even my dad too. Um, but f- when they saw me there and they really, that one moment they were like, damn, like you're good. Like they like, really believed it. Like they didn't just say, oh yeah, I believe it. They believed it. And that's a moment I'm never going to forget because that is why I'm going to keep doing this. So, yeah. and I think that yeah. one of the takeaways to that is to just not be afraid to tell people about it, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously I understand why you kept it to yourself, but I think if you know that it's not just, I don't want to say a phase, but if you know that it's something right. that you have talent in and it's something you're willing to be good at, even some people who, like, there are tons of singers out there who are super successful that weren't good at singing in the beginning, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are willing to get there and you know that you have what it takes, don't be afraid to kind of seek help from other people because I, I think yeah. people are willing to support you if they know that it's going to be worthy of it. Right, exactly. Mm. But yeah, that was a great talk. Hopefully you guys yeah. <laughs> definitely get to know a lot more about us, but I'm, no, I'm happy that you, hopefully that makes you feel a little bit more 
um, close to us, even though we're, we're through a screen, but, <laughs> but yeah. So now we're going to go to the speed round to end off yeah. this episode. Cause I think we're it's going to be a little long, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah. We're going over time, but we have some just really random questions that we're going to ask each other because I think, I mean, we're, we're regular people as well. So why not make it entertaining? <laughs> <laughs> why not be regular? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this because I know you want to talk about it. Oh my gosh. I know a question. I know a question she's going to ask, guys. <laughs> What's I your favorite? This. What's your favorite movie, Amber? Oh, there's the word. There's the word. <laughs> there favorite movie. So TV oh, show. By the way, by of, the way. Oh, yeah. You guys didn't know Amber has a film podcast. Oh my God. Where she guys, talks um, about film. Please follow Epi on the film on Instagram if you like film content and post reviews, <laughs> commentaries, and things. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, go um, on. Anyways, um, yeah, oh my god, how can I forget? Uh, so TV shows kind of um, varies depending on what I'm watching. I would say in terms of dramas right now, I just finished Piggy Blinders a couple months ago. Mm. I was, oh my god, when they say it is one of the best TV shows on television today, it really is. It is impeccably written. One of the best stories, um, characters that they portrayed, like it just, that's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so definitely watch that. It's a little um, <clears throat> intense at times, oh. but like you can get through it. It's fine. What it's do you fine. mean, like uh, drama wise? What do you mean intense? No. High no. stakes. No. Okay, I understand. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> I have never seen it, so. <laughs> yes, like, watch at your own risk. Um, okay, so my favorite movie. This is this is really where. I'll cut you off if you go too long because yes, please yeah. do. Just go be on. like, please stop. Um, okay, so my favorite movie of all time. If you've known me, if you've met me for thirty seconds, you know I I say this all the time. It's The Godfather. What a masterpiece of cinema. I could talk about that all day for hours and hours and hours, as Jasmine knows, but I won't. To, to keep, I'll spare you guys. Um, no, I mean just to sum it up in in a couple points, I guess. It's just it is like literally. Uh, it's, it's the perfect film. I cannot describe it as anything, but the story is beautifully written. It's based on a novel that I actually also read, um, of course. And <laughs> it's basically, if you don't know, it's about a gangster family in New York. Basically called, it's called, basically, <laughs> they're called the Corleone family. And essentially, it's kind of like a shift in the family hierarchy. So the son, uh, Michael, basically takes over from the head, which is Don Vito Corleone. Um, Michael is the son who basically becomes the main character in the series. He's played by Al Pacino, who's also one of my favorite actors, if not my favorite actor of all time. The story is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. The performances, Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, James Caan, they deliver some incredible performances. Diane Keaton, even. Um, and what I also love is that it's a, a story, just like we're talking about, of risk. And, uh, and trust yeah both fictionally in the story as well as well as the making of the story so in terms of the story itself we know that the gangster genre in general in film at the time it was released in 1972 with the godfather was very popular that's what people love they, they fed off that kind of like the stereotypical gangster genre but this story brought a different light to that it actually showcased the hardships of family mm. and immigration and cultural identity in a way that people could understand, which was so beautiful to see. You see connection, you see, you you become empathetic with these characters, these people who are supposed to be so hard and gruff and aggressive, they're human. 
and they, that's what art have, does right it shows you these things that other fields can't and it's something right. that's super important because people there's no other way to get that i think mm-hmm. that's why it's yeah but yeah exactly and even in the making of the film itself just like quickly um the director who's renowned director of one of the best of our generation francis ford coppola as my movie geeks will know um he this was his first task this was his first film and he basically was given at the time in the 70s if you don't know um in the 50s to 70s basically hollywood studios were huge like hollywood studios ran hollywood um if you you every studio had a certain catalog of actors catalog of films and it was actually very differentiated not as much as it is now but so the big studio execs had gotten this story the godfather that was a bestseller they wanted to get the best people the best actors the people who everyone knew and they get this guy named francis ford coppola who's not really directed before and they entrust him with it and they and he basically finds these people so diane keaton we knew before um, a couple of these actors we knew before, but it was Al Pacino, who no none of the execs wanted actually to hire as Michael. They all thought um, that he wasn't fit for it. He just, you know, didn't embody Michael. He, he, they didn't see anything in him. They're like, find someone that people know. And Francis fought for him. They're like, no, I see something in this guy. This guy is Michael. Bring him on. And his, he's considered now one of the greatest actors of our generation. That's also the series, actually, um, who, I don't know if you know Robert De Niro. No, not as okay, much well, of a film uh, geek. <laughs> oh, my heart. Guys, my heart. You, can tell, you can tell she's passionate, you guys. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting, my, my hands are moving. Yeah. Um, also, one of the most incredible actors of our generation basically got his launch from the trilogy. It's a trilogy. So, so yeah, in short, <laughs> even though that was not short at all. Godfather for sure and I would also say that's also the film that got me serious about films because mm. I'm like that is what a movie should be so since then everything's kind of as you can Clear. see gone from there mm-hmm. but yeah but do you have a favorite film or tv show uh I have a terrible memory so when I watch movies <laughs> like I'm also I love movies as well and I kind of mm-hmm. like I like to analyze certain things right but yeah for me since I don't I'm not as serious about it as you are I don't like I watch it and then I just kind of forget about it until I rewatch it or I see it again or someone talks no, about it. I mean, but yeah, it's right. just something that I keep in the back of my mind that I don't mm-hmm. actively. I don't have enough knowledge to talk about it like you do. <laughs> so movie wise, no. Um, but I do really like movies. I like movies more than TV shows because they're yeah. shorter, so you can get the full yeah. story. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. TV shows, they kind of just like stretch it too long for no reason. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But some pretty good TV shows that I enjoy, uh, one of the oldest ones I watched was called Bones. It's, uh, oh, it's about anthropology. Yes. It's pretty gross for some people, but I loved it. <laughs> it was just really cool because all the characters were just amazing, and there was not a single right. character I disliked. Um, yeah. I also really like Sherlock because British oh. people are cool and <laughs> they sound... I will not I will not refute that they yeah, are very cool they're cool and they like the way they talk is just so interesting to me and the, sh- the series is so well made it's also mm-hmm. like each episode is like a mini movie um, right. but yeah those are just some TV shows I like awesome. watching these things, but I don't. I don't really like to pick favorite. Uh, oh my god, I don't like to favorites? pick favorites because right. it's just it's difficult because everything's a little. Different. It is. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. Um, but I still do it anyway. But it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see what else we have on the list. Ooh, what is a weird habit that you have? 
A weird habit. Um, ooh. Think. Think. I procrastinate a lot. <laughs> okay, this is just like... <laughs> That's not weird. That's is normal. It? No, but yes. I do this thing where I almost like play a game with myself to see how much I can procrastinate without failing <laughs> at what I need to do. Really? It's okay, that habit. is something I haven't heard before. It's really bad. Wow. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I think it's because like... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really bad. Obviously, it's really bad. We're just going to put it out there. I have terrible time management. But um, for things where that there is a set deadline, I just put it off without any sort of urgency. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I don't feel the urgency. And then I just see how far I can push it back oh my God. until I have to do it. So it's like, I, it's almost like I want to see what my capabilities are. Like I love, I love the positive spin you're taking on this. I want to push to my limits. <laughs> I really try because it sounds terrible. But yeah, like for certain projects, it's like I want to see if I can write an essay in one day and make it good. And when I do, I'm very proud of myself for it. But it's also really bad because it just fuels right. the procrastination. Oh my gosh. Um, but that's one of the things YouTube has made me fix up a little because mm-hmm. there's no deadline for YouTube. But I right. have a personal expectation for when I want things to get done. It's it's my deadline. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do it well for YouTube at least. And so there's right. like a balance there. Bad habits. We're just going to leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, amazing. Anyways, moving on from that, <laughs> just to end things off. <laughs> I guess we can both answer this one. Um, I know you okay. haven't been doing acting for as long as you have uh, for, for mm-hmm. like a very long time. What's something, even recently, what's something really embarrassing that you've done in association to your craft that maybe oh, you God. look back on or something oh, you truly gosh. regret? <laughs> oh, there's probably so many, but Oh my God, let me think. Hmm. This one, this one's, I think this one's good. Um, basically, I was, so I had the privilege of attending online this virtual class in LA. So it was this teacher, his name was Sean Colin Young. He's worked with some amazing people. He's such a good person. Like he's genuinely such a nice person and cares about his students. Um, and I took a sitcom acting, teen, teen sitcom acting class with him. It was like six weeks. Um, and I actually didn't even realize until later on that like everyone that I was in that class with, because they were all around the world, um, they were, were like working people. Like they've been in like projects oh, and things wow. like that. But I remember it was the last day and basically how it works in these classes is that I, it's mainly scene study. So basically they give you a script um, or a sides it's called. So it's a segment of a script and they'll give it to you a couple of days before class and you memorize it. And then you come to class and usually you'll have, if it's dialogue, um, you'll have someone read for you or kind of do it with you. Um, and you basically present it in front of the class in front of the teacher. So it was the last day and my Wi-Fi was not working. And I was downstairs in the basement when I'm usually properly set up in my room and everything was kind of just like all over the place. So I think because it was the last day and I'm like, oh, I got this. Like, I'm proud of my scene. Like, I can do this. So I did it. And I was so proud of myself. And then I looked and I finished and everyone was just kind of like, oh, no, (laughs) what happened? Like, like, no one was like, like outright doing it, but I could see everyone was kind of like, and I'm like, what did I do wrong? And then he goes, yeah, that was great. That was amazing. I love the energy. And then he goes, um, I didn't need like a six course meal with your face. And I was like, 
what does, does that, that mean? <laughs> and I realized this is what I was doing because it was sitcom acting and I was like nonchalant and thought I was amazing. I was basically like, oh my God, Amy, why did you do that? Oh, you think this is my, my fault? No, that's your <laughs> fault. And I was going like insane. Like when people, I, usually you're supposed to react calmly. The other uh, reader who was with me was saying her lines and I'd be reacting like, <laughs> There's a learning curve. (laughs) Yeah, and he goes, like, I don't need a six-course meal with your face. Like, you can calm down your face. And I'm like, it wasn't until I, oh, my God. I was like, the last day with this guy who's worked with everyone. And I basically just showed him that I was, like, like Shakespeare with my face. Like, I don't know. It was, oh, my God. I was like. Do you have a recording? Do you watch back at it? No, no, I, 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 the only reason I saw it is because I remember redoing the scene, but him not, he only told me the second time I did it. And I looked into the camera just to see, and I saw myself go like this, like, like something like, like, oh my God. And I was like, whoa, uh, like, like, calm down for like audio Um, listeners. She's just being very, very expressive uh, with her hands and face and all together. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, I have everything recorded, <laughs> which is oh the- yes, that's that's the fun of YouTube. Oh you can see God. everything. Yeah, no, it's not the fun. It's a blessing and a curse. I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> pretty much all my old videos are pretty embarrassing because, like, before I became self-aware, <laughs> the way I spoke, like, no. for me, people always say I'm super calm now. Like every single person who either watches my more recent videos or like talks to me in real life say like i just have a really calm voice you do you're <laughs> very not you know, your the case. demeanor that was not the case oh my god oh what? were you like a hi welcome back to my channel I like that so kind of... i was so pitchy for no reason oh. i don't know why i don't know why i thought that was like a good way to speak but i mean adjusting to the camera is pretty difficult so you know like mm-hmm. when you talk to an adult or like when you're calling someone on the phone you automatically for some obscure reason will raise your voice a little bit right and kind of put on like your professional voice yeah yeah i was doing that <laughs> oh my God. and it was you- it was so pitchy and it was just like it it hurts to watch <laughs> are but, they still up on your channel oh they are okay everyone go to jasmine fusion cuisine <laughs> on youtube and let's find these videos i'm gonna watch them right after this like, that's hilarious oh my god did you just find it was like your demeanor that you didn't like or did you find like it was also because i'm sure the recipes were good like the yeah, content yeah. itself was those good. were well i mean the quality of the videos because i didn't understand color correcting so some of my days are like really i still don't so you're talking to a little imagery some here. of my <laughs> Like, videos are, like, blue. Some are, like, pink. And, I mean, I guess for regular people who don't understand or do color correcting, they probably don't care. Yeah. Like, you would probably see it. If I don't call it out, you'd be like, oh, it's fine. Like, you probably won't pay as much attention to it. But, personally, since I I edit now, all of it is pretty embarrassing, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, but, you know, it's nice to have, like... I mean, it's public, so that's that's one thing. But it's at least it's nice to have those memories to look back on. Oh yeah, definitely. Growth is really cool because right. I'm a lot taller than I was. So if you see my um, like c- c- comparing to like the counter, mm-hmm. it was like up to my waist, <laughs> and you can just see the height difference in my more recent videos. It's fun to oh see, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think this was a great <laughs> conversation. I am. 
if you're here till the Still, end, oh gosh, we love you. Yeah, we'll yeah. I mean, it's our first ever episode. We like <laughs> we we need, we had a lot of technical difficulties before starting. Yes. Um, and we probably should have prefaced this beforehand, but like both of us aren't professionals in what we do, so mm-hmm. it's like, and we we haven't really been doing it for a really long time compared to more profe- like professional professional the people, people we're gonna interview, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, we're past the starting point of doing what we want to do. So hopefully, our opinions and thoughts are like valid and helpful to a certain extent. But just mm-hmm. take everything we say in this episode with a grain of salt. salt. Yeah, yeah, because um. There's a possibility we don't know what we're doing. Um, we would greatly appreciate any sort of feedback you guys have. Um, yes. Content you might want to see, people you might want to see as interview or mm-hmm. questions or topics you want to see covered. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're happy this is our first ever episode. <laughs> I know. We're. I'm happy it's it's here. And yeah, like Jasmine said, please interact with us. We love. We would love to hear some feedback from you guys. But what you guys want to see, because this is ultimately for you mm-hmm. and and for our future generation of artists for their benefit. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, with that we being went, said, we went way over time, so it's not going to be yeah. this long every <laughs> single time. But I, mean, I hope you guys like a conversation. I think personally, I love podcasts. Like I've been mm-hmm. binging a lot of different podcasts, and I think it's just it's cool to have a listen to a conversation, especially during COVID when you can't <laughs> really when have, you can't have conversations as much <laughs> like, as much. Yeah, it's it's nice right. to listen to. So hopefully, this was like not. Yeah. too annoyingly long and entertaining <laughs> that's okay <laughs> to an extent it's okay mm-hmm. um but yeah with that being said thank you so much for watching or listening um and we will see you next time for our first guest episode of off the charts mm-hmm. so yeah have a wonderful week and we'll see you thank next you time. so much for listening bye, bye. <laughs>